0: I bet we probably haven't spending as much time as we should finding out what's been happening in Ukraine as a result of the Russian invasion. We have two guests now who are spending quite a lot of time there. Lara Marlowe of the Irish Times is in Dnipro, having been in Odessa. And Lara, I'm going to start with you. We have another guest as well. But uh, tell us, please, about the food blockade that is taking place in Odessa and the implications that's going to have beyond Ukraine.
1: Um, uh, most Odessa is the biggest port on the Black Sea. Uh, Ukraine was until the war exporting about five million tons of wheat every month uh, and since the war started they've got uh, I think the highest amount was in June. They got about two million tons out but earlier months it was you know, a few hundred thousand here and there. Um, Africa and much of the Middle East Uh, depend on grain from Ukraine to eat. And so it's been five months with little or no shipments to them. Uh, The grain has been piling up. All of the silos are full. The Ukrainians don't have any place to store it. Uh, There are negotiations going on between Ukraine and Russia, direct negotiations mediated by the Turks and the UN in Istanbul And for the last week, uh, just about every day, I've heard predictions that there was going to be an agreement the next day, but we still haven't seen it. Uh, If the agreement is is reached, um, one big question is, will the Russians actually observe it? Uh, The other question is, who's going to clear all the mines that have been laid in the Black Sea because it's not safe for shipping at the moment? So it could be quite a while, even if there is an agreement for the wheat uh, shipments to start flowing again. Uh, one of the experts I talked to said that the real danger is not so much starvation because there is a lot of wheat suppl- and maize and uh, other, you know, corn, whatever. Uh, there, there are sufficient supplies in the world in the markets. The real problem is that food prices have been driven way up by this. Um, I think it was about 400 uh 400 dollars or euros per ton uh in may which was an all-time high it's gone down to about 330 a ton but this is still a lot you know a year ago it was 210 a ton i mean the prices vary but that gives you an idea of the scale so the prices are up by say a third compared to a year ago and that means price rises in in developing countries in Africa in the Middle east and uh, expensive food means rioting, unrest, and dictators uh, clamping down on, on, on their own people. So it's a recipe for instability. It's a recipe for hunger and instability in those countries, and also for more migrants um, flooding into Europe. So uh, basically, I mean, as, as uh, an official in Odessa said to me, the Russians are blackmailing the world uh, with food. They are weaponizing food
0: as well as gas supplies into Europe as well. Uh, Just before I let you go, Lara, Lara, what else have you seen and how does it compare to the horrors of war that you've seen that we've spoken to you many times in the past about in other parts of the world?
1: Uh, I haven't been on the front lines, Matt, uh, but... I can tell you that the effects of war are, are, are the same everywhere, and that's that's death and wounded people. Uh, and here in Dnipro, which is a sort of rear base for the front in Donetsk, uh, I spent much of yesterday uh, in front of the, one of the main military hospitals, and I see, I saw ambulance after ambulance after ambulance arriving from the front lines. I saw a young men uh, coming in out and uh, going in with, um, you know, their bodies in bits. Young men who could barely walk, uh, who were on crutches, who were bleeding through bandages. Uh, the morale varied a great deal. There was one young man who, t- who said he'd had it, he was he was fed up, He he wanted to stop fighting, and another young man who's been fighting since 2014 and who's been very severely wounded three times and wants to keep going. Uh, so I think in any war, you do have discouragement and, and uh, you know, people wanting out. But you also have this incredible morale here. Actually, that's something I would say is, is, is more impressive, different from what I've seen in, in any other wars, which is that the Ukrainians um, are just determined and they don't want to give up an inch of territory. They don't want to give anything to the Russians. And by and large, obviously there is a morale problem in Donetsk where they're being shelled every day. They're being pounded by Russian artillery. Uh, But by and large, the Ukrainians really do have an amazing fighting spirit more than I can ever remember seeing in any other country.
0: Lara Marlowe of the Irish Times, thank you very much for joining us. Belle True is with us as well, international correspondent of The Independent. Joining us from Poland, having spent the last three weeks in Ukraine. And Belle, what are your observations about what you've seen over that time?
2: Well, I spent quite a lot of time in Donbass and Donetsk, which is now the kind of focus of Russia's advance into Ukraine after they took Luhansk um, just a few weeks ago. So they were really kind of pushing, trying to push forward using, um, as Laura said, the you know huge amounts of artillery on these areas. What I noticed, really, being in these towns, some of which you know now don't have access to water or electricity or gas, was the almost complete randomness of the targeting from from the artillery fire. And really, artillery fire is is frightening because it is by nature fairly indiscriminate but the way that it's been used at the moment in towns like Slovensk and kramatorsk which were at one point evacuation hubs but are now pretty much frontline towns um, is the fact that this artillery fire is just hitting random residential areas uh, hotels schools and that is something that's obviously kind of terrorizing local populations and forcing people to have to flee in another sort of round of internally displaced people. But the other thing that I noticed in some of these areas is that people simply cannot afford to run away. There are some people who are actually returning to some of these areas that are really badly hit because they, they fled at the beginning of the war. They tried to support themselves by renting places outside of like Donbass or Kharkiv or any of the other um, very heavy areas and basically run out of money. So they've had to come back. And a lot of those people are the poorest, they're the elderly, some of them um, are disabled or, or sick. And that's something that's, that's obviously very alarming um, in Ukraine because these civilians are obviously the most vulnerable. Uh, we also spent a lot of time in Kharkiv and that is another area that was very heavily hit at the beginning of the war. And then there was a lull and that is now becoming another focus for Russia. And this is really part of their renewed strategy, it seems, which is to try and regain any ground that they lost that when the Ukrainians pushed them back. In fact, I, I understand that the Russian... Um, authorities today even mentioned potentially pushing on areas like Kherson and Zaporizhzhia, which is in the south and more centre in the in in the country, meaning that they're not just focused on the east; that they are hoping to push further west, and that is obviously very worrying because it could see this conflict I mean, continue for for much longer than than than, than we imagine.
0: And Bell, just one final one to finish with. Lara mentioned the grain stored in the port in. Odessa. But what about future crops? Is there any planting or farming going on?
2: Well, this is a major problem. So I was with farmers in Donbass who, I mean, we were literally, I was actually interviewing a farmer and we were shelled behind us as we were having this conversation about the harvest. I was also with farmers in Kharkiv that um, is being heavily shelled as well and in the Dnipro region. And when I interviewed the farmer in Dnipro, um, a missile was actually right above our heads and got shot down by anti-air Uh, defense, um, Ukrainian anti-air defense systems. So, you know, that really brought home just how difficult it is to get on with the harvest. But also for them, they haven't managed to sell their harvest from last year because of the war. They've got no storage facilities. This is a problem across the country. I sat with the agricultural minister. They said they've, they've got a massive deficit in, in storage facilities in the country. A, almost a quarter of the country's fields are now either on front lines or in occupied areas. So they're completely inaccessible to, to Ukraine anyway. Um, these people just kind of been engulfed in the war or, or are now occupied by Russian back forces or, or Russian forces. And on top of that, because there's an excess of wheat and because it's so expensive to um, export, as Lara was saying, because it de- you know all the, all the ports are closed, that means that internally the price of wheat is basically very 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 low which means that farmers can't sell whatever they're about to harvest and if they can't sell what they're about to harvest and if they can't store it and they can't make any money out of it they don't have any money to plant the next harvest so when i was sitting with the agricultural ministry they were telling me that they're talking about the loss of three harvests last year's this year's and potentially next year's. And that will impact the entire planet because we're already seeing the price of wheat rising. We're already seeing shortages, as Laura mentioned, in the Middle East and um, in Asia. And that will happen next year. So we're talking about a humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, another one for the world. And there doesn't appear to be any solution to this apart from the, the war ending, the ports opening, and somehow farmers being able to harvest, you know, in the middle of all of this.
0: Thank you very much, Beltru, International Correspondent with the Independent. The last
2: word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty.